Martin from Preliminary reporting from CJUM 101.5 Winnipeg. At Johnny Sticky Buns, 941 Portage Avenue, we make magic with one beautiful little thing, the cinnamon bun. With sweet, savory, gluten-free, and hot sandwich options available daily, our tasty little buns are local, organic, and truly unique. We start each morning with only the best ingredients sourced from local farmers and producers. We take pride in working with these people, the backbone of our community. We offer catering for your next meeting or special event, and be on the lookout for a mobile bun cart at the St. Norbert Farmer's Market all summer long. View our full menu at johnnystickybuns.com or order our buns now through Skip the Dishes. Johnny Sticky Buns, 941 Portage Avenue. It's a wonderful life.
Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Bienyage. It's a little weird right now. It is exactly 2.04 p.m. And the only reason why I know that is because this episode is live here at the UMFM campus. Today, I am here with the lovely Jocelyn Barbeau. Did I say that right? You pretty much did. Pretty right? much. <laughs> pretty much. I'm pretty, is it Jocelyn? Jocelyn. Jocelyn. It. It's close. It's close. Yeah. It's tricky. Yeah. And uh, you think with all my French background that I would probably know what I'm talking about. But I don't. Uh, <laughs> so for people who are listening, uh, we did just hear one of your songs. But before we talk about that, who are you? Uh, I'm a francophone singer-songwriter um, based in St. Boniface. So I guess uh, that's my the basis of my personality, I guess. <laughs> that explains so much. How do you say who you are? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, well who, uh, what kind of music do you do? Um, I've... You know, when people categorize it, uh, I've often gotten country folk. Um, that last song isn't really in line so much with that color, but uh, but I often find that that's uh, the direction people will describe what I do. Mm-hmm. It sounds very yeah. jazzy and yeah. There's very, I, was it, saying, I was saying before, very French, very French. <laughs> yeah. Well, that particular song is based on a on a on this fellow that I'd seen. Sort of uh, in French, is a word called uh, cruise, like uh, a cruise, a uh, man who's uh, I guess st- not stalking because it's it's. It's just seducing women and mm-hmm. I just had watched this fellow f- go from one beautiful woman to the next and sort of try his uh, you know his hand at each of these beautiful ladies and so it was a very French feeling uh, you know sh- you know he had a glass of wine in one hand so it's probably why it went that direction a very um, sort of you know I don't know it's sort of klezmery Frenchy yeah, I, don't I don't know what but uh, very romantic schmoozy kind of sound yeah it's a fun it was a fun thing to arrange and, and when I write on piano it always sort of goes that direction more than if I write on a guitar mm-hmm. when I compose uh, with a guitar it tends to go more towards the country sound so I think that also happens to me a little bit when I'm writing it depends mm-hmm. what instrument I'm working with yeah so you can play both piano and I play both uh, neither one of them particularly well <laughs> like I wouldn't say I'm an instrumentalist by any, by any stretch yeah. of the imagination but uh, they're tools for me to, to get to creating uh, to creating song and mm-hmm. um, yeah I do have a background playing uh, piano but I don't really play it in front of people I get very anxious when it comes to piano mm-hmm. before I dive into songwriting because that's yeah. like why I, I want you here because I want to ask you a question <laughs> about that I do want to ask you uh, how did you get involved in music how did this whole start uh, what um, people don't always know is that I, I had an entire life of a, as a classical singer for, for a long time I used to sing um, a lot of opera and a lot of classical music and really yeah i sang with the manitoba opera chorus for i think oh gosh probably a dozen or plus years and then um one day i walked into the winnipeg folk festival i grew up in classical music and only that's all we knew in our house and my mom was a classical singer and my grandmother was a classical musician my grandfather on the other side was a a wonderful pianist uh, and his brother concert piano so all I knew was classical and then so it was really a uh, very late in life where I discovered the the folk festival and and I walked in there I went what is this and what's happening to my mind mm-hmm. and I started writing that day so that was in my late 20s you know so I wasn't yeah I wasn't a young a whippersnapper if you will mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, that's still pretty that's young. <laughs> uh, that's sort of the basic I, so I had a, this classical life and and it wasn't that I didn't like it I quite love classical music but I wasn't feeling um, that I had found the exact fit for me yet, and I and I really wanted to compose, and I really wanted to create, um, and from that point on, that's that's just been the 
the way my life is. I just, all I do is create ways of spending money in my <laughs> life. I was laughing to write a book. This is 1001 ways to spend your money, be an artist, you know, because yeah. there's so many ways to want to create stuff yeah. and not necessarily residuals that come back at you the same way. Yeah, yeah. but that's, it's starting to work out for you. Yeah, it's I going think. all right. Yeah, it's, it's going, going all right. Good. It's going all right. Um, so... <laughs> So had you written before you went to the Folk Fest? Or? Uh, no. Well, I had, I'd say piano, piano, maybe I had, um, yeah, I'd, I'd written a few piano pieces, but nothing with voice involved. Um, so very, and it was always sort of dark and teenager you know, very, yeah. you know. It's so it, easy. Yeah, it is. It's easy to go there when you're a teenager. So I can't say that it counts uh, in the who I am now, mm-hmm. but it certainly has always maybe been an interest of mine, you know. Yeah. Um, and even as a young kid, you know, I could always sort of picture a life that I would like to do. And it was already always, you know, showed me in my mind was always it was always going to be performing something. Um, but uh, but I actually suffer uh, from anxiety from big time, big mm-hmm. time anxiety. So so that was the battle for me all the time was trying to figure out how to get through that so that I could actually create and do what I wanted to be doing in life. So. Mm-hmm. Did you find that you had worse anxiety when you were doing classical music or? No, no. Writing and uh, putting out your thought and your words and your concepts out into the world is a very, it's a terrifying thing because you're, you're, you're putting out, even if it's not a song about you necessarily, you're, you're, you're giving of yourself and it's very open. It's very naked feeling. Mm-hmm. So I think it's different. It's a different, more worrisome for me of, of how people would judge the project, you know, and yeah. versus classical. I mean, it's, it, it, they're 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 equally difficult in their own way because of course when you're interpreting something you want to make sure it's up to snuff and that nobody can call you on well you didn't quite do this or you didn't quite catch this or so I think there's maybe equal amounts of anxiety just different kinds of anxiety let's use that yeah I that's really interesting you said it that way because I find it um, the opposite I. Okay. I'm terrified of performing classical music live and just because of like the um the people who have very strong opinions about classical music and I'm I very much want to be a crowd pleaser and I want everyone to like me and you grow up like that and you just want people to like love you and when I started writing my own music people don't know when I play the wrong notes I guess there's a certain flexibility to it sure Mm -hmm. you know I wouldn't um my I played it safe um, when I started writing. I not safe, just different. I, I went the route of writing for for young people, for children first, mm-hmm. and so that was a really safe audience. So so I stepped. I did I did baby steps towards what I'm doing now, and and yeah. and, and working with children was such a wonderful experience because that's a re- reciprocity between. Um, very, very open and uh, generous-natured humans um, that you know if you're doing a good job or you're not doing They're a good job. They're very honest. <laughs> They're very honest. So the fact that those young people enjoyed my songwriting and um, and it was a lot of fun to work with them, I sort of built up courage with time um, to start venturing off into this new project for uh, for for grown people mm-hmm. grown-ups yeah the grown-ups the most terrifying that's so scary of those grown-ups i yeah. tell you no, yeah. okay. no. <laughs> so, it's not nearly as bad as i thought actually it's okay. uh, it's been kind of funny you know i had all i think it was all in my mind yeah, it all helps when you're talented that'll be five dollars so let's talk news. about madame diva yeah. uh, that's your your character's okay, character yeah persona, persona yeah, yeah children's uh, persona when you're singing for children how did that become a thing <laughs> well i um because i had had all this classical background and i loved i just love the idea of the the grand diva who you know who is performing in the ball gown and i loved i love a lot of that part 
part of, of you know my years in the opera stuff that I did and so I, I played a little bit on that background and then uh, I also think you know a diva wasn't always mis- like it wasn't a bad thing back you know generations ago it used to be quite something like here comes you know it's la diva who's coming into the room it was like oh my goodness here she is it wasn't the cell phone throwing uh, fit taking person that we sort of now aligned to that associate yeah so I thought I wanted to undo it a little bit for the next generation with the kids you know the Madame Diva is really warm and kind and friendly and and talks about being kind to others um, how to be uh, good uh, citizens of the world um, how to accept you know all the differences that are around us essentially all the messages the grown-ups need to hear mm-hmm. uh, as well but it's uh, it's been a really great job you know doing that with young people because then they um, hopefully they'll they'll remember some away, of that and retain yeah. some of that stuff and and that those message if those messages bombard the next generation more than all the other messages then hopefully we're gonna see change in the world mm-hmm. as time goes by that'd be great that'd be I hope so you'll eh? be the next Fred Penner <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. we'll see yeah. we'll see yeah <laughs> so do you wear a costume when you're I do you know I, I I brand my two projects very differently because you know I don't want to get um, and I change I didn't use my own name um, for the children's project because I knew I wanted to continue and do um, uh, music uh, folk country music as well so I gave it a persona I gave it a very colored sort of landscape um, everything's very colorful Madame Diva has got you know big curly hair and a uh, black dress and all sorts of colorful flowers all over it and and so yeah there's certainly a costume that goes along and then um, depending on the theme of the show because now mm-hmm. this week of course it's December and Madame Diva's a Christmas you know red gowned satin gowned lady who comes in and sings all about the happy joys of Christmas time mm-hmm. <laughs> so depending what show I'm doing in that project my costume changes accordingly and uh, yeah. yeah and it makes it easier I think too for for folks when they're booking uh, my projects not to have them mixed up um, you know between the two the two yeah. projects yeah it's not confusing no hopefully okay. not anyway um, oh I forgot I was gonna say about that anyway um, did you notice that um, or how was transitioning from songwriting for children uh, to adults? Like, well, it was it, it was the same and different at the same time, right? It it it's scarier because, of course, these are more real things. Like, I'm not writing about a you know the butterfly, or I'm not writing about alphabets and fruits and vegetables. So, fruits and vegetables. I mean, you, and could. Stuff, you could. You could for growing up. We would love to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do that with the kids, and so then to differentiate between that um, and that sort of happy, like Madame Diva is very happy. Um, and, and it's sort of that part of who I am. And then um, Jocelyne Baribeau is more, I'd say, there's a little bit more angst in there. There's a little bit more cynicism. There's So just the, even the way I approach how I write um, for, for grown-ups is, is even just, just the mindset is completely different. And often it's, you know, you got something that's just just really bugging you there for me it's a very cathartic thing to write for for this other project because then you're able to reach in there and you know you know dig out the the rot that's going <laughs> on and chuck it out and sometimes it's in a song and you know I always feel bad you know my poor husband will piss me off just excuse me I shouldn't have said that but <laughs> you know just for for three seconds I'll be angry for three seconds yeah and those three seconds will come out in a song a four minute long and that ballad. poor man that poor man has to listen to that song every time I do a show and he's like man I'm glad I was able to inspire that you yeah. know like oh that is you know you know so but he thinks it's funny at the end of the day right it's yeah a, and it is how I how I cope with stuff and it and it helps a lot because then yeah. when you're singing it's real you're not singing 
um, I think there's an authenticity to that, right? Mm-hmm. If you're, if you're, if you really lived that emotion, you can go back and you can dig it up and you can, and you know, f- let it fester again for mm-hmm. three and a half minutes for yeah. the audience and then slap it back in the, in the box and take mm-hmm. it out next show instead of living it every day. No, absolutely. Have you ever found that there are some things that you were, were writing about? Like maybe this is too personal. Uh, I've had a few songs that, um, that I'd say are, are really hard ones that are hard to, um, to perform um, without it sort of being overwhelming. I, mm-hmm. I'd admit that, but I think that's okay too in its own way. I'd, um, that's what I meant about the nakedness about yeah. singing for grownups because some of those, some of my songs are not based in, in a total personal story, but others are, um, are very much so. And then when you're doing that, you know, depending on the mood you're in on that day, that can that can dig up all sorts of stuff that that can be um, that can be hard to sink through. But you know, I've had a couple that you know, yeah, you know, you've got a few tears while you're performing. And mm-hmm. that being said, that's what people in the audience will say, like, yeah. "Oh, you, I was crying, like that was so emotional." Yeah. So what's wrong with that at the end of the day? I guess right I because guess if so. somebody in the audience um, was brought to tears or felt felt something, then that's the point. I think at the end of the day is that people mm-hmm. feel things, right? Yeah, I. I that's that's so true and that makes perfect sense one of the things i find like i want to write about such real um like topics or like things that emotions and and there's like that barrier of like fear of like people actually knowing you and experiencing exactly that was exactly the thing that i had to sort of jump i had to jump over that that fence because um, and I think that's why the project went so well, is that I did that. I went past the comfort zone mm-hmm. and, and laid it out um, as honestly as I could. And uh, people, people find themselves in those stories and in those songs that way, right? They're not, um, uh, they're not you know, detached from, from my project. Like the, the song we heard off the hop is Francois, right? Yeah. And so, you know, I'll tell people, it's like, I'll explain the story behind this fellow who was, you know, trying to, to, to seduce all these women. And, and so then, and I'll say, oh, the Francois of the world, you know? <laughs> and, and, and the song was based on the name of a real man. Mm-hmm. But, I changed it to Francois because it became very evident to me, well, I don't want it to be his real name. So I did change it. Mm-hmm. And now I'm apologizing across Canada to all the Francois of the world because yeah. it wasn't a Francois yeah. that was this horror, you know, this seduce, sedu- seductor. How do you say I, it in I English? Don't, I, I don't even know what, there's many words yeah. to describe a kind the of Don like Juan, that. you know, like yeah. that kind of fellow, right? Yeah. And, and so, so now I'm apologizing to Francois everywhere I go because that's the name mm-hmm. of the song, but it wasn't really a Francois. Yeah. I remember I, I went to go see you at, um, at the, Breakout West shows, and you, oh, or you okay. made that apology too. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> Sing the song. But I feel so bad, yeah. you know. It's That's like, okay. so sorry, because there are a lot of French Francois in Canada. Are there? Like, oh, okay. oh, yes. I've, I've never met, or maybe I met one. I maybe I have a friend on Facebook that's named Francois or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, when you're performing the Madame Diva, do you have do you play an instrument while you're singing? Uh, depending on the show, if I'm on, uh, if I do a solo show, yeah, I play guitar. Um, if I'm playing, uh, sometimes it's uh, we'll do duo format. In which case, I, I like to free up my hands so that I can actually go and interact with the kids more. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then when we're full band, no, I don't. Uh, th- that's the beauty of having a full band with me when I go do those sh- school shows because I work with a puppet. So she's oh. so <laughs> this part you may okay, not know. Yeah. <laughs> she's like a mini me. So I'm Madame Diva and she's Mamselle Diva and she wants to be like me to make friends. And part of the messages ah. is often that it'll be like, well, no, no, you can be yourself and we can be friends. It doesn't matter if we're not the same. You know, at the end of the day, that's what's pretty and what's beautiful about the world. And and she's a she's a little 
little firecracker that girl like she's yeah. she's really fun to work with so it's nice to be able to go over to where the puppeteer is working and 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 really talk to the puppet versus uh, feeling sort of um, sort of stuck in a spot with an instrument for those children's shows it gives a lot of you know and I'm mm-hmm. in the audience I'm, so you are you, you aren't know. using the puppet I am no. not a puppeteer okay. no I do create um, I do workshops in the schools with kids uh, to build sock puppets that are really quite cute yeah um, but That's I don't horrible. yeah they're really fun and it's a, a great way to, to have worked with you know uh, teenage teen, young teenage boys that are you know sort of the, the students that are having a little bit of difficulty in school and you'd be shocked at how how much they'll come out of their shells when they're pretending to be a puppet and you know they're hidden behind a, a puppet stage and they're you know suddenly they're singing you know I've got feelings I've got feelings and what? you're like wow this is awesome. awesome so it's been a really great tool uh, that way but I don't know I don't uh, yeah. endeavor to puppeteer on mm-hmm. stage that's so. cool you know I'm just gonna add yeah because that kind of caught me off guard how did you get into make, having a puppet friend <laughs> puppet friend yeah well when I created Madame Diva in 2009 mm-hmm. I um, the CD cover we were working on my niece is an artist and my niece uh, cartooned a mini version of me uh, as this little cartoon for the album cover and I thought oh it's never cute and then I had been working with people called um, their company called Puppet Folk mm-hmm. they, they often perform at, uh, at Folk Fest uh, and she uh, Joanne Noel created uh, the puppet based on that image. So that just, it was just people that I, you know, friends of mine that had a company that were puppeteers and and that it just sort of happened kind of by accident. And the first show was the weirdest thing I've ever experienced because she's got these like great big eyes and, and, you know, you go to talk to this puppet and you're yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah. So the initial, the, yeah, it was really weird. Uh, it took a while to, 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 to warm get, up to, warm up to yeah. her and to like her. And now, you know, now I buck her up. When we're on, ta- on tour, we buckle her up in the back seat with her seat belt and so we have cute. a lot of fun do actually. Do you post that on like Instagram? We and do, stuff? I do. Oh, yeah, I have so. to recheck your Instagram <laughs> again. Let's I have to go a bit further back. I haven't toured with her in a little bit but yeah, oh. it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. So when you're doing your uh, your actual uh, like the actual sorry <laughs> like the, the adult I'm going to yes. say adult music um, <laughs> well um, and that sounds funny but that's all good we'll keep going do you have a band I do, do I do I often work with um, well it's either my guitarist or either Joël Perrault who's a, a francophone uh, guitarist or Murray Pulver is uh, often mm-hmm. another option like he's one of the producers of, uh, of my album okay and uh, I you know I, I fluctuate because I don't have a full-time band I have a few people I work with um, as drummers, uh, Daniel Roy, who was the other um, uh, producer for the album, and uh, Coco Zuga, who's also pretty darn amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I even get to work with little Ryan Voth, which is a lot of fun. Uh, wow. um, he's also, yeah, so I've got some great, I mean, they're all stellar musicians. I've worked with Julian Bradford a lot and Nathaniel Felicitas. So really, I'm pretty well um, surrounded. Um, there's, you know, the downside is I don't have a permanent all the time band you know so you're not jamming and and getting to do those things I'm always sort of I've got that keen eye from that I'm envious of folks that get to do that that just get to hang out with their musicians of their band and they're all in it together yeah um so that's the hard part of being the front man of something and have, being the sole if you will proprietor mm-hmm. <laughs> proprietor of a project it's uh gets a bit taxing mm-hmm. you know have you thought about having a, a f- like a permanent band i i don't know how one goes about it i to be quite honest i'm because i was new to the or late to coming to to popular music um i didn't have a, a base of musician friends you know really i i, I have a really bizarre 
I just grew up with, you know, you had an accompanist for your solos at the Winnipeg Music Festival and you sang and, and I didn't have the same, I see all, you know, a lot of my friends in the, in the French community, they, they grew up together, you know, they've mm-hmm. been a band, you know, they've been playing in bands together since they were, you know, in their early teens. So I don't really know how you, how do you make a club? How do you make a gang? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, I've always just done it this way and uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not adverse to, to the mm-hmm. idea of, uh, of building something because again, I think just on the creative side, it would be fun. Yeah. To, to regularly get together and uh, and create and instead work of off being of each other. Yeah, and not kind of always being on your own at home writing and and yeah, it could be really fun. I think. Mm-hmm. So anyone who's listening who wants to be in a, <laughs> in a, a French uh, country folk band, uh, just uh, Come on down. email the Winnipeg Music Project and uh, I'll forward it. <laughs> there you go. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks, uh, <laughs> so, what is your songwriting process? So, yeah, very briefly we mentioned it, but like, how do you? Just because I am a struggling. Music songwriter yeah. uh, how do you wrap your head around writing music you know it's uh, it's different for every song I think I don't have a really great system I think everybody says the same thing yeah. right oh yeah. it's not the oh, same yeah. system no 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 oh no it's totally new I don't, yeah. never, heard that, never heard that before but <laughs> but what ends up happening unfortunately and fortunately is often when I am in the midst of grant writing and or grant reporting if I'm record you know if I'm reporting on whatever event I've been in you know in Breakout West you go to Breakout West you apply for grant money to help you pay for your bank and for the hotels and all this business that you're staying because it's extremely expensive to be a, a songwriter. It's not a, it is not what people think. No, yeah. is. Starving so artist is a good it, description. It is. Yeah, it is really rough, you know, and uh, so I do a lot of grant writing mm-hmm. and uh, and that's when melodies come in my head on a perpetual basis and yeah. it frustrates me to no end because I spend, you know, I'll write four sentences and then I'm on my iPhone recording a little voice memo of whatever mem- you know, melody is in my head because I can't take the time to stop and I think that's like my brain is trying to undermine my my paperwork I don't know what my brain is doing so I can't Mm -hmm. control that that's been a bit of a frustrating part of the process but some of the greatest ideas for me have come out that way so that's been kind of I guess it's fun but it or an anecdote but it's yeah when you're right you're right yeah I had I just finished my or I'm in halfway through my last my 11th one since uh, since uh, August and and it's a lot of paperwork a lot of thinking my brain is tired of it I think I think it gets frustrated with um with number crunching and figuring out how how you're paying everybody and how you're, you know, how you're going to make payments on your next project that you're doing. And you're Mm -hmm. always trying to figure things out. And I think that's my brain's way of, um, of uh, maybe keeping you sane, keeping me sane or also trying to not forget that there's music behind all of it. Right. That's at the end of the day, it's not Mm -hmm. the paperwork isn't what's supposed to come. It's not, you know, although it is 80% of the time, yeah. it's it's not the part that's the most integral to what I'm doing. So I think that's maybe a, a safe uh, safe way of describing it. Um, oftentimes it's little little blips like that that'll come. Other times it'll be literally add a guitar, uh, chord progressions, um, and coming up with a melody. Um, somebody can say the tiniest thing to me, which will then blip into an idea that becomes a song um uh the one i have one and a half english songs <laughs> recorded <laughs> and the one um is um it was based on somebody saying i thought it would be easier to be happy with what i had if what i had was you is that a sentence i heard and i thought isn't that perfect that's the perfect concept because that's you know everybody sort of thinks oh maybe things would be better if i had or if i had this or if i had this person in my life or you know i've been married a very long time uh, we're 24 years and and a half i think at this point and you know 
in those 24 years, there's a lot of times where you go, oh, this is hard. Like, this is hard work. And, and um, there have been ups and there have been downs. And sometimes you kind of think that way. You go, oh, wouldn't it be more interesting or couldn't life be easier if? And so I knew I had lived those emotions. And, and so I was able to play around with that, that, that one sentence by that person. And then it became a, a song. And <laughs> because it's the only English song, the fully English song that I had, my husband actually helped me with the lyrics. So, oh. and it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, is your husband not French? No, he no. doesn't speak French. No, oh. he, uh, no, he does not speak French. He has a French last name. Okay. Yeah. But he doesn't speak it. No. So whenever you're mad at him, just like yelling at him in French. And you you, no you know, yeah. when you're mad at him, I can write almost always in French, right? So inevitably, <laughs> he doesn't even know what I'm saying. Until so one day Google Translate, like, excuse me. I don't know if he has time to Google Translate. No. Don't, I hope he's not listening. Don't Google Translate anything. <laughs> Sorry for that idea. Thanks, said. Ashley. You're this is great. This has been a really good uh, experience <laughs> for both of us. <laughs> so uh, when we had met originally at the Breakout West Conference yes, in China yeah. this year, um, you had made a comment that you think in both English and French and you're and yeah. a couple of your songs are in English and French but um, how do you balance choosing which to write in it's it's very hard uh, to not write in both all the time like my gut instinct is to put both all the time because it's just uh, how my brain works but the problem there is that you know on either end it's it's tricky right because I wrote one uh, particular one um, that's on the album it's called Mondays and Mornings and it's on and it's in English and it's in English and it's in, until it goes into French like you know two-thirds of the way in the song and my husband for him he's like well why'd you do that like just leave it in English because mm-hmm. then I g- understand the whole way through I thought oh okay I get it I understand but for me it was just this is just how I hear it and mm-hmm. and part of 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 the process for me was really trying to just decide this is who I am I can't be apologetic for how my brain works um, you know, at the end of the day, and yeah. it's not, you know, if it means less, I don't know, radio play, I guess that's the, maybe the downside of it. Cause maybe. you know, but at the end of the day, it's not about that either really mm-hmm. for me, right? It's, here's the song that came in my mind and this is what I'd like to sing. And, and this is uh, how my, the language is for me. So it's easier in children's music. I, I can stick to one language or the other when I write for kids much easier because I'm here yeah. are, you know, I'm thinking about them and what the tools that they're going to need and, and the message of that song for those, for the kids, particular kids. But when it comes to grownups, it, um, I always sort of think, well, you know, music is music and, and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think there's a bit of, I don't know, I guess an, an openness in my mind that that's okay to do that. You know, I listen to music that's Spanish and, uh, you know, German. I listen to all sorts of stuff that I don't understand. I've sung German yeah. lead. I've sung, yeah. you know, and I didn't need to know every single word to know that it was beautiful. I didn't need to know what the meaning was to understand the emotion behind it. Yeah. You know, so I think that I just put my confidence in, in people that were going to listen and hope that they would, uh, they would enjoy it the way my brain works yeah no yeah because it's it's interesting because it works really well for a niche like yeah. for people who speak english and french yeah. and people maybe who are learning english who are french may maybe yeah. may appeal to it and it you do have this audience that it, not many people appeal to so you have yeah. that which i think is a very clever idea wow so just say that in yeah. the future <laughs> like ashley told me yeah. ashley told you ashley is full of good ideas <laughs> um so let's take a quick break we're going to listen to uh the one song that's in english okay um from your ep <laughs> EP, right? Yeah, EP. It's an album. album. Yeah. It's a, no, it's a pretty long EP. It's got a lot of music. <laughs> it's um, a short album, very long EP. Yeah, exactly. Whatever you want, whatever <laughs> word you want to use. Um, but it's called Entre toi et moi. Yeah. Um, 
when was it released? I think it was released in 2015, in mm-hmm. April 2015. Yeah, so, so it's been uh, going pretty good. You've been pre- yeah, it's been doing pretty good. Yeah, been we'll right. talk more about that after our break, though. Sounds so this good. is if what I had. No, if what I had was you. I was yeah, reading yes. it, and I don't know how to read English anymore. <laughs> so uh, everyone is listening. This is if what I had was you. If what I had was you I look through rose-colored glasses I prefer seeing that shade Should be focusing on in On all the dumb mistakes I've made On all the dues I've paid Well, you yanked and pulled me in And then you pushed and shoved me my heart and left me wondering what's this dead boat all about now we only scream and shout i thought it would be easier to be happy with what i had if what i had was you i thought it would be easier to be happy with what i had if what i your fingers and I can count your toes but I can't count on a single word that leaves the lips beneath your nose your liar story know what our future had in store I know you said that I was pretty and it left me wanting more than I'd ever Just uh, cut that off. Um, everyone, welcome back to the Winnipeg Music Project uh, on 101.5 UMFM. This is Ashley Vignesh. Um, 
We are live, which is super duper exciting. Um, I'm still here with Jocelyn. Jocelyn? You got it. Yes, better bow. Yeah. Uh, apparently, I'm not as good a French as I thought I was. Uh, <laughs> so thank you for putting me in my place. Oh! Um, <laughs> um, so we just listened to your song, If What I Had Was You, which is one of your only recorded English songs. Correct, yes. Yeah. Um, why did you decide to write that one in English? Uh, it was just, like I say, I'd heard the one sentence, and, and you often hear people sort of, you know, looking at the other side of, uh, you know, the other grass is greener over there kind mm-hmm. of concept. So it just it just happened that it was in English, and I, I, I got a kick out of the idea of saying you cheating lion, you know, yeah. uh, and I just thought it was funny, you know, I mm-hmm. had a good, and we, when we were working in studio, Marie Pulver and, uh, and Dan Hua and I, I said, oh, I can't record this, you know, I'm, I'm a children's entertainer by day, how can I say this? word on you know and actually record it and then we had a great laugh you know and the guy said no you have it's funny you know and and sure enough i'm i'm surprised audiences um so far across where i've played in canada they they really they get a good chuckle out of the idea because i think i come across as you know sweet and kind and the fact that i would just you know out and out say that on stage they i've i've there are a lot of fun laughs that yeah. are coming out of the audience mm-hmm. and uh, and sometimes the audience will join in and, and sing along yeah. <laughs> and oh. you're like okay nice. <laughs> you know I think people just want to say mean words or, or whatever mm-hmm. call people out on yeah. stuff and it's very catchy like yeah. I, I I think I'd, I'd heard it when you I heard you play live but um, it's such a easy thing to yeah. just slips off yeah. the tongue it's just it's very catchy and I, I really enjoyed it and it's also English so I can relate to it <laughs> um, so this uh, this EP or album, what's called an album, uh, Entre Toi et Moi, that you released in 2015. How did this thing form? How did it become a well, thing? Um, I started working, um, I released an EP shortly before starting this process because I, I was trying to find what my sound would be. You know, it's not easy to to, d- to, to just figure out who you are artistically, right? Because I didn't want to sound... Uh, like a classical singer singing popular music, because um, I, you know, I've I've heard that happen, and, and it's and it can be nice in its own way, but for me, it's not what I wanted. I wanted to come up with a sound that um, didn't necessarily reflect um, that vocal quality that I'd had. I was a mezzo soprano, so I had like a really you know big dark kind of uh, sounding thing going on, and so I I un I, I in French it's décousu. I don't know how you'd say it in English. Um, undid not undid, but just remodeled how my voice um, sounds uh, mm-hmm. to to create this project. And so the first EP was uh, with Darren Savard, who was. Uh, from well he's not from here literally but he was here at the time mm-hmm. and now he's in bc he's an amazing country guitarist and so the ep went it was a uh, five songs and four of those are actually on this album it was sort of like a demo and a trial at what i wanted to be doing and he pushed me to to go completely like it was very kind of big sounding country-ish sounding and and it was a bit too too much for me to maintain on tour um so that's what I discovered from that process. And that, and that brought me to going, okay, with, with Marie and Dan talking about what, what I wanted to be able to do. I wanted to make something that I could maintain, whether I was in a duo form or if I had a full band um, and if I was in an intimate room or if I was in a big hall. Yeah. And so that was more because the other, what we had done in the EP was really very good like and very catchy um, and probably maybe a bit more radio friendly maybe at the end of the day. But it was hard to maintain that that sound you know mm-hmm. and it wasn't a sound that fit really really well in a small space so if somebody's expecting me to be this big sound and then we're in a you know a you know a 
you know, 80 people room. I'm not going to perform it necessarily that way. Yeah. So I didn't, I wanted it to be a consistent message. So, so it was a great process for me. I, I loved working with Darren. Um, and then when we were talking, you know, Murray and Dan and I, how, how we were going to approach it, we came up with this sound that was a bit more reflective of, of, of me, I think at the end of the day. And, you know, we've got cello in there, we've got upright, um, bass, things, colors, there's still colors of, classical instruments that I that I really enjoy the harmonies are super important to me um uh you know having been a a chorus member for Mm -hmm. so long I love I love harmony um and and so that was I guess how it started going and then I applied to um Music Action which is the French version of of Factor Mm -hmm. and uh got funding for um for four songs I, I i i am the one who pay, paid out the other i think there's six other songs on there um but i really wanted to have, because i'd already done a little f- the little ep i wanted to have a, a full album and yeah and part of it too sounds really um um depressing i guess but i wanted to i wanted to make sure i had something really tangible for my children to listen to uh one day when i'm not here because you know if i had left them with my children's albums um although I'm very proud of them, I don't know if, you know, when my sons are 40 or 50, do they want to hear, they want to think back on their time spent with me in their lifetime, yeah. are they going to want to listen to me singing, you know, whatever, Vegetables. Yeah. vegetable song, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, so I felt it was important to me to mm-hmm. make sure that something that reflected me very well existed. Um, and I'm really, I'm really happy with it. It came, um, the artwork was done with uh, Roberta uh, Hansen, or mm-hmm. now Roberta Landreth. Um, mm-hmm. So really, I'm proud of it all around. Like, there's nothing uh, that I don't enjoy about the, the the project. Like, it really, which is great. I think that if you can say that at the end of the day, if you can go to bed and go, I'm really proud of that. And I'm, you know, a year and a half later, still really proud of it. I'm not, you know, I don't dislike it. I don't, I'm not going, oh, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. Um, you know, I'm pretty excited about that. That's, That's a good, awesome. yeah, it's fun. It's kind of nice to get to that point of your life. That's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy for you for that. So you said that you, you had, in your EP, had this big, loud sound. How did you know, or how did you decide to make it a sound that was more versatile? Like well, it was it was because we, we'd made this uh, the little demo EP to, to go with me on a home roots tour. Mm-hmm. And so it became really obvious to me very quickly that my home roots tour wasn't, going to sound like the like you know once we started because we were performing as a, as a duo on the on the tour mm-hmm. um i don't have darren Savard <laughs> guitar chops nor do i have murray Pulver guitar chops i can't play like they do i'm very you know my skill set is not there so i can't do these these wonderful amazing lines that that they that they play so um it became just there was a disconnect for me right away where i went oh maybe Maybe I don't want it to be quite as big as that was. And, mm-hmm. um, but it was a great tool to, obviously I had to apply for grants. So that made, you know, it was something with which I could apply for funding at Manitoba Film and Music and apply to Music Action to create the real album. So it was a good investment and a good process to go through. And I think you have to do that. You have to take risks and try things to see where you're going to end up. And who knows if the next album is going to sound the same as this one. You don't, I, I think you can't, yeah, you can't make yeah. yourself say, I'm going to fit just this this box here, and this is just how I have to be, and we're just trying to follow my happiness. Mm-hmm. You know? That's, that's yeah. great advice, just follow your happiness. Yeah. Um, are you working on AEP right at, at this moment? I have two two projects that, uh, because I produce the, the children's project as well, I sort of end up, 
it appears to me <laughs> I'm almost always producing something. So there's always a more spending than, than income. Uh, but right now there's a, a children's album coming out in February on the 18th at, uh, at Festival du Voyageur. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, that EP, uh, well, it's not an EP, it's a, it's a long EP again, short album of, of eight songs is uh, actually called Zing a Zing. So Zing a Zing. Zing a Zing. <laughs> so guess what? It's a fiddle on there and uh, it's a more trad-based album. I used to be the artistic director of L'Ensemble Folklorique de la Rivière Rouge, which is the French um, jigging, uh, Frank- jigging and, and, and trad music uh, group here in Winnipeg. Okay. Uh, it's actually the oldest uh, traditional dance and music uh, group that exists outside of Quebec uh, in Canada. And so I was the artistic director there. I have a long, I was with them a volunteer as a, as a musician and singer for them with, you could, 16, 17 years. So um, I, not in direction, <laughs> I only did that for a few years, but the rest of the time was part of it. So trad music is really important for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this next album for kids would be, um, would be based on the voyageurs. So my youngest son, who's 11, um, is a songwriter as well. Scary, Aww. scary, scary. I don't want to dissuade him, but uh, apparently he's uh, he's caught the bug and he likes to jig and he likes to dance and sing. And so he he and I have uh, yeah we're working on this album that'll come out in February and it's called um, it's, well it's, it's called Zing a Zing but it's Madame Diva and Mika the Little Voyageur. So that's yeah, so it's cute. Fun. It's just like bonding. It has been fun. I've been he's so generous. You know, it's not easy to have a mom who's doing what I do. That's not. People go, oh, it's easy. You've got a husband. He takes care of, you know, no, no, no. You know what? It's really hard as a mom to, to try to do this and uh, and balance being super mom at the same time. And so my youngest has been, um, yeah, he's been, he's been my biggest fan. Because, mm-hmm. of course, when he when I started Madame Diva, he was just a little pumpkin. And so he has been my biggest fan. He yeah. had every color of the I Love Madame Diva t-shirt. And he wore it every day. He had every, and he would, I was like, please stop. They're going to think I'm forcing you yeah. to wear this t-shirt. But it really just is that. He's so proud yeah. of me. He's so proud to be Madame Diva's kid. Um, so we're having a great experience uh, recording together, um, writing together. Um, and I think that the show will be great. It'll be a lot of fun. He and his... Uh, his dance friends from uh, the the dance school, the French Cultural Center, are going to be performing at the CD release, jigging and dancing, and wow, it's gonna be fun. It's, it's gonna, gonna be, be such a good like life event for him. And he gets yeah. older, and like yeah, I perform with my mom. We wrote an album together. Yeah, well, you have to you have to find the ways to to connect, right? So that you're mm-hmm. not. Um, I'm very f- afraid all the time that my life become all about me. You know, I don't want it to be that either. I want. You know, my principal role has always been uh, being their mom, right? So, yeah. Um, so yeah. So there's that, and then my my next album as Justin Baribo is um, is in its concept forms now, like of of trying to research a bit. Um, I want in the new year I'm going to be researching a bit about like who are my ancestors. Um, oh. I have I have no idea if I'm Métis or not. Um, I'm terrified to know because mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not, I'm going to be tremendously disappointed. I have a very big affection for um, uh, for the Métis people and for for just the history that that brings in my in my community. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm terrified of knowing that if I'm not, but I'm going to actually follow through. And, and I've, I've I've dropped the ball five times now in the last five years. I've wanted to go and check and. Uh, and I check a note because I'm afraid of the answer. And mm-hmm. although one of my ancestors was one of the first, pr- well, li- the first premier of Quebec, oh. uh, I know that much. Um, 
And then I have another ancestor who either fought for or against Louis Riel. Oh, so okay. It's like either or. Yeah. Either or, yeah. same person, but depending on who in the family you talked to, they had a different story. Um, so those are things that I want to know about and learn about uh, while I write the next album. Okay. So I want it to sort of, not necessarily, it's not going to be a, um, a history lesson about my family. I want it just to color the emotions of what I'm writing about. Yeah. And I think it might be an interesting process. And, you know, I'm not young, right? <laughs> so it's time to figure this out and know and, and just conquer that fear of, uh, you know, I'd be pretty, pretty darn embarrassed if mm -hmm. I had a family member that would have fought against Louis Riel, but... We'll find out yeah. <laughs> to and be it, determined. I think that's a really interesting idea because it's just like accepting your past for yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And I think that's a really clever idea to be writing and recording your emotions and your thoughts at that time. Yeah. So when you're older, you can reflect on that. Or when your children are older, they can reflect on what their past a little well, bit. Well, this is it. And knowing and finding out about it makes sense to me. It's just it's just that it's really scary. I have, like, I'm not kidding how, how afraid I am of some of those answers. And... Um, But at the end of the day, uh, I think no one else is going to go research that for me. Yeah. <laughs> so I better go and get on it. And it fa it's fascinating to me as well, right? So I'm, I think I'd be fascinated if it was somebody else's story <laughs> versus mine, because mm -hmm. then it would be less terrifying. But uh, we'll see that, that how that comes about for the writing process. And you might be helping other people as well who've maybe been interested in that. So you're just, yeah. you're being a, 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 a leader in that. We'll discovery. find out. <laughs> Self-discovery. Self-discovery. How do yeah. how do find out all about yourself and mm -hmm. write about it so everybody knows how you felt. Yes, yes. exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, that's <laughs> perfect. So how do you balance these two different personas when you're performing and being a mother and being a your own like marketer and yeah. how do you how do you do all that the juggling act is uh is is very tiring i'm not mm. gonna lie there are times where i wonder what i'm what i'm doing why am i why am i going about it this route um you know i didn't like i said i didn't grow up with a bunch of community people that uh that were in this industry so i don't have necessarily the same tools that other ha others have um i'm very shy about um asking for mentoring um from people that are that i admire because then it's you know i don't want to impose on people so it's a problem right i should be a little bit more maybe a bit more ballsy mm -hmm. where it'd be great um but you are trying to like learn to be like you came oh, to the break at west conference yeah i know i love workshop like i'll attend workshops left right and center yeah. i love to learn that way um so so I'm learning the, those sorts of skills um, the when I started the industry that's essentially what I started doing I started attending contact events and watching people showcase and and to learn because I thought well this is the best school I could go to I'll go to watch people showcasing and see what did I like about what they did um, what things I might have changed uh, so that I could build my own showcases accordingly right so that I and learn just learn as a skill set right to be able to perform for others and not be a bumbling <laughs> person on yeah. stage going ah oh, yeah sorry uh, flipping pages or you know that kind yeah. of stuff mm -hmm. so I learned that way by watching uh, others uh, attending a lot of conference workshops and, and so on and then um, just jumped in with uh, you know both feet and started managing my own uh, my own projects I do have an agent for my children's project now which is which is nice that sort of um, the pressure, the pressure of the negotiating. That's always awkward, you know, yeah. um, on negotiating prices and, uh, of stuff of shows. So that's, that's been a treat, but not for Jocelyn. So, so there's that, you know, you want to get there. One part of, of the world is starting to be a little bit maybe easier, but, um, but it would be nice. You know, if you have people to bounce your ideas off of would be, you know, I have to build a bit. That's something that's on my list. I think to build a bit more of a team where you can have those discussions and, and, and maybe make a directive 
you know, I used to do business plans and I used to make myself all these, these charts that I could follow. And I've just, it's gotten too busy to, to ground myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, like you're right. I'm doing my social media and I'm doing my grants and I'm doing my grant reporting and I'm, you know, applying for, you know, various things. And, and even, you know, you have a project while well, you want to, to, to register it for the p- potential of being nominated for things. Well, you still, you have this paperwork to fill out for that and yeah. send it in. And, and so all that stuff is hard. And you've got, you know, I've got two children in university and I have my young, my youngest and you're juggling their lives and their emotions and you know, anything that they might need. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it can be long and it can be a little bit, um, you can doubt yourself a lot. I think that's natural and normal. And uh, my biggest challenge is not to judge myself on, on the fact that I'm doubting my choices mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, and yeah. try to be confident and move forward. In Absolutely. It. Yeah. I think so. So do you have any advice for beginners? <laughs> or people I think who are learning and watching is a big one. I think, and asking questions. I think I wish if I had started younger, say for instance, are you, you're in your early twenties? I would think, mm-hmm. yeah. If I was in my early twenties, <laughs> this is my son. Um, <laughs> I would, uh, you could be my kid, Ashley. Yeah. But uh, anyways, it's all good. <laughs> I don't feel old at all. No, don't. Um, <laughs> but uh, if, if I was back then and starting then instead of when I did, I think that, you know, by asking questions, Heck, you're hosting a radio show. I've listened to your um, your emission is what in thing is a ra- yeah emission a show yeah a show yeah, okay. um, it's you know you're often asking questions like that. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? That's awesome because then you're going to even if you get one little tiny something from each person you meet and you will every person you meet is there on the road to give you even if it's one drop of information that will help you um, build and build confidence a is number one right Um, but attending events you know you were at breakout west you were everywhere you were you know you were meeting people you were attending stuff you were getting to know the people of the industry um roland you have as a mentor who's amazing you know good for you like you're at your age you're way ballsier than i've ever (laughs) been so i think that's great like i I should call roland up but yeah i just do it no (laughs) do it yeah i just think it's great that 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 uh, and i think that's what's cool about your generation what I noticed as the old lady uh, in the mix. Uh, you guys are kind of old. You are so young and you're just like, you're doing so well for yourself. No, but I just, I, I'm, I'm being cynical, but, but as that, because I have that perspective, right? Yeah. I see uh, your generation as fearless. You guys are fearless. Like how, how cool is that to not have nearly the amount of, um, I mean, maybe, maybe it's just my, perso- my perception of it, but what I see is, is people that are confident. I see people that know what they want to go do. They're not hesitant. Like, I took a long time to feel that I was, you know, worth it, that coming out to be who I was, coming and making music, um, that was hard for me. That was a really hard challenge, and what I think is really cool um, in your generation is you guys don't seem to have that wall um, the way I did, and I and I think that's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, you're studying music, you're developing your you're developing your skill set, and at the piano, that's going to be a tool that's going to be. You can't even measure the value of what you're doing right now while you're young and you're not. Um, a parent and you're not you know uh, taking care of two properties and you're not doing all this Mm because it becomes a lot and so it's important I think it's great I think it's um, that's why I say learn from everything and everybody a little bit ask lots of questions and Mm -hmm. be fearless if you're fearless you're going to get a lot further a lot faster I think Mm -hmm. and also I mean if somebody critiques you that's something I think everyone should know if somebody says something negative it doesn't mean you can't listen to it maybe there is something to it 
like you can learn a lot from somebody saying hey you know um when uh, like i work with a jazz <laughs> my other hat is i actually have a i'm a, a manager for a jazz artist and she you know i watch her and i'll say hmm you know what i saw during this show is you looked ahead during a song to see what the next song was on your set list i saw you do it and she's like, oh did i she didn't even realize and i said that like no way like it's so so that's a negative and she could have taken it like a oh why would you say that or, or take offense to it yeah but she just went oh yeah totally because it's said with sometimes those things are said with love mm-hmm. and if you um if you can take those things in too sometimes and and, and it helps you develop your skill set right um i mean you take the the mean stuff you know as a grain of salt i guess and mm-hmm. pick and choose maybe what the the important messages you're getting and and put them in your toolkit yeah absolutely yeah, yeah just be positive follow yeah. your positivity or whatever your <laughs> happiness follow your happiness whatever yeah, follow you your happiness exactly. yeah good this has been so great i really i have like a hundred more questions i <laughs> want to ask you but we are running out of time um was really quickly uh your show uh, your cd release for madame diva yeah. uh, is going to be at the festival de voyager on february 18th and you're also having another show at the festival our uh, french cultural center uh, yeah, it's still it's still in Festival du Voyageur. Yeah, it's but it's at the French Cultural Center. It's a special event um, on the twentieth where I'm opening up for uh, Les Sœurs Boulet and uh, Alexandre Desilla, which are two really big Quebecois artists. Like wow. it's it's a little <laughs> it's a little terrifying. Uh, yeah. And I'm going to be playing with uh, Roman Clark from uh, the Middle Coast and Marie Pulver. Oh, okay. So it's going to be a cute little trio. And That's going to uh, be great. So I think you should look that up on uh, the Festival yeah. du Voyageur website. Yeah. and, and, and if look. there are event pages i will make sure to link them on the podcast website absolutely uh really quickly uh, where can people find you on social media oh jocelynebaribeau.com j-o-c-e-l-y-n-e b-a-r-i-b-e-a-u.com mm-hmm. and then i think Just, at, it's all there so it's all there and i'll I'm also at, link to it on yeah, the podcast I'm ter- spelling my name is a, is a tricky thing so yeah mm-hmm. by all means we'll put yeah, links up. absolutely yeah. well thank you so much for coming on the thank show you. i really appreciated it i loved learning from you and listening to you talk about your music um anything you'd like else like to say no that's awesome mm-hmm. i i'm glad i i trudged through the snow to see you today it mm-hmm. was uh, totally worth it what it was <laughs> totally worth <laughs> it totally worth it <laughs> totally worth know, it right? okay um uh, <laughs> so uh, this has been the Winnipeg Music Project on 101.5 UMFM. My name is Ashley Bienyage, and I'm here today, or now we're leaving, with uh, <laughs> Jocelyn Barabeau. Right? Well done. It's getting better and better. Ah, good. I have to say it every day before when I wake up. We will now be listening to Lonely, a song that I fell in love with when I heard you at Breakout West in Regina this year. And it's it's French, but there is one word in English. Lonely. Yeah, it sort of interla- interlaces uh, both languages, yeah. And there was no equivalent for lonely mm. in French. I wish we could talk about it more. You'll have it's to come good. back. Don't just, worry. Just come back and then it'll be fine. Okay, this is Lonely. Je voudrais m'envoler So you don't hear me say Que je suis lonely
Being active just got easier. The new Recreation Services mobile app can help to maximize